Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Start Local Podcast, where we help businesses in Chester County and greater Philadelphia navigate the COVID-19 economy. I'm Liam Dempsey, and I'll be sailing alone as the host today. My co-host, Joe Casabona, is stuck in the harbor of technical troubles this morning. Before I welcome our amazing guest to the show, I want to remind you that you can sign up for our free monthly newsletter, where we share the most valuable pieces of information from our conversation and from other important business news for Chester County and the greater Philadelphia area. Head over to startlocal.co forward slash news to sign up now. Today, I'm super excited to welcome Patrice Banks to the show. Patrice is the CEO and founder of Girls Auto Clinic, a full service auto repair center that caters to women. Patrice, welcome, good morning. Good morning, thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're busy. Uh, (laughs) Before we get into the questions of today, Mm -hmm. can you tell us who you are and what you do? Yes. So um, my name is Patrice Banks. um, And like you mentioned, I'm the CEO. I call myself the chief chicanic at Girls Auto Clinic. Um, And I'm actually an engineer by training. I went to Lehigh University um, from Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. So right here in Chester County. And I called myself an auto airhead. I didn't grow up knowing about cars. Um, I, my dad wasn't an auto mechanic. In fact, I always felt taken advantage of. I hated my automotive experiences. I thought I needed a guy to help me. And being an engineer, it wasn't a very empowering position. So I started looking for resources that could help me learn about my car, that could make me feel more empowered. I was looking for a woman mechanic because I thought I could take my car to her and she'll take care of it and won't gouge me or take advantage. And I couldn't find those resources and I couldn't find a woman mechanic. So I decided to go back to school to learn how to work on cars and to create a business that was going to cater to women when it came to their cars. I wanted them to be smart consumers, confident drivers. And so we do things like uh, car care workshops where we teach you how to take care of a car, how to talk to a mechanic, uh, what to do in an emergency. They're free. We host them every month at the repair center. I opened a full service repair center that caters to women. We hire women mechanics. Um, and there's a nail salon there to get your nails done while you wait for your car. And a lot of other things we sell. She can Swag is what I call my car savvy ladies. Uh, she canics now on our website. Um, I wrote a book that was published by Simon and Schuster. It's a it's a car care guide on how to take care of your car. Um, so just a lot of things that we're doing to, to get women to understand their cars so they feel more confident. They don't think they need a guy, right? And they're empowered to make the right choice with their cars. Wow, there is so much there. You you are such an engineer. <laughs> Here's a problem. I don't know how to fix my car. Yeah. I'm going to go get a get certified, start my own business, and show the yeah. world that they can do it, show women that it's possible. That's amazing. Yeah. What a great, great way to start. Thank you for sharing that story. I, I did not know that in advance of this, so thank you. That's oh, wonderful. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a great story, and it's very inspiring to a lot of young girls. And even myself, I'm blown away that I can't believe I'm doing this. Who would have thought yeah. that I would have been a mechanic And, you know, 10 years ago, I was literally on Facebook saying, my car needs an oil change, but I'm going to go get a mani-pedi instead. And I did go go get a mani-pedi instead. I didn't get my oil changed, right? I was making auto airhead moves like that. And it was just, you know, how a lot of women think about their cars. We're not, we don't take care of them very well. And they end up costing us a lot of money. And when I realized, like, women are the number one customer in the automotive industry by far, There's more women drivers now than men across all age groups. Women influence up to 95% of the car buying decisions. Like this is our hard earned money and we should feel good about these experiences. And that's when I really just set out to to change the automotive industry 
um, to really include more women and to pay attention more to their number one customer. That's so interesting. You know, I, I work in, in computers and web and websites and hear a lot in recent years about women in tech and the value that women bring to the tech sector and how as a sector we need to do more to bring more women in and to welcome them. And I wholeheartedly support that. But of course, the auto industry is so tech-driven. You know, it's not just an engine anymore, right? There's electronics that are positively, frighteningly advanced in there. And and absolutely. So you're you're doing the same thing. You're bringing women in the tech sector in in, in both in all sorts of ways. That's really, really cool. That's really cool. Thank you for that. (laughs) So I, I wanna I wanna I wanna direct our attention to really the the core of our conversation that's of course about COVID-19 mm-hmm. and how Girls Auto Click has been doing dealing with that and in advance of of clicking the record button you and I had been talking about how your business has been affected by it and how it, because of the lockdown and, and the slowing of the economy you had to scale back your skilled workforce, your technician workforce, and that how now that it's opened up a little bit more and people are driving more while you're seeing a, a bit of an uptick you, you shared in, in business levels for the auto shop, you're struggling with getting qualified technicians in yes. place to work for you and more specifically qualified skilled women in place. Can right. we talk about that? Absolutely. So... Uh, when coronavirus first came around, I was paying attention to it because I was prepared for this to shut my business down. Um, I, even as an essential business, we really had no clue what was going to happen. Uh, as the middle of March started coming and, and you started hearing other cities were shutting non-essential businesses down, we had customers started canceling appointments. And so, um, and, and we didn't really have a lot of information on like how to handle this virus and protect yourself and your staff. So my concern first was the safety of my staff. We're in customers' cars for a long period of time, touching their keys and a lot of things in their space, um, and it's easily transmittable. You know, they didn't even know for sure at the time if it was transmittable on surfaces and things like that. So I had to make sure that we had the proper PPE and safety procedures in place for my staff before we were just still hopping in and out of people's cars. Um, And so I decided to shut down so I could get some more research. What should I do if a a customer has coronavirus and tells us, or what should I do if one of my staff members gets it, right? I didn't want to play that by ear. I wanted to make sure that we had great procedures in place because like I said, I hire women. They have young children, um, right? Safety is very important to me and the health of my staff is very important to me. And, but when we did shut down, one of my staff members we lost because they have an issue, an immune issue. And then, like I mentioned, we hire women. Kids are now at home virtually learning. They didn't have summer camp all summer long, right? And now women are facing the struggle is how do we get childcare for our kids so we can continue to work full time? And, and which I understand they had, they were bringing their kids into work if they could, uh, you know, they had to go down to part time and that loss, we lost talent in that way because we're, we, we don't have people showing up working on cars because they have to be at home taking care of their families, which I totally understand. It's not like I'm going to tell them no, you know, so it, it affected us in a way where, you know, the economy slowed down and people aren't driving as much and customers were canceling appointments. They're scared to come out, um, to also lose in talent. And now that things are opening back up, (laughs) right, but schools are still virtually learning and um, 
some of my women staff are struggling. So we're looking to bring on um, some talented technicians so we can obviously work on cars. And there's, there's this uh, issue right now in the automotive industry of having a huge gap in qualified technicians. There's a 78,000% shortage of auto technicians in Pennsylvania alone. So not only are I looking for the unicorn, I'm also, you know, when it's a woman, it's like the unicorn. And I, that's hard to find, but it's also hard to find, right, just a skilled person in this field. The whole automotive industry is kind of struggling with it. So we were kind of hit hard twice, but, you know, I really believe in what we're doing. Um, we did bring on some new people. They're, they're new. They don't have as much experience, but we're working on getting them trained as much as we can. And obviously, this is going to affect my revenue and the amount of money I can bring in, and it does. We're not making the money that we were pre-coronavirus, um, but I believe that we will. Uh, and I was able to apply for some of the, the help that was provided, like the economic disaster loan and the PPP loans. I applied for a ton of grants, anything I could get my hands on, because I knew that this was going to hit us hard, even as an essential business. Um, and so it's, it's because of those, I am able to stay open. If I didn't get those, we would have been shut down. Patrice, I'm so glad that you mentioned those. A couple of weeks ago when you and I first talked, you had shared a really interesting piece of advice that you put very succinctly around having your finances in order, having, so to speak, your QuickBooks up to date. Talk a little bit about how having all of your QuickBooks, and I don't know that you said QuickBooks, but having all of your business financials at the ready Mm-hmm. made it possible for you to not only apply for it or get those grants? Because I thought that was a really powerful uh, point to share. Yeah, yeah. Um, when the PP loan first came out, the first day, I applied that day. I was ready with my paperwork because I knew that this money was going to run out and I was afraid of not being able to get it. So I wanted to, you know, be able to apply as soon as I could. I was checking websites every day for the economic disaster loan too. And I was able to get in and, and apply in one day in a couple of hours by myself without a lot of help because my finances were in order. Um, I have QuickBooks set up to take care of my finances. I reconcile my expenses and everything. And so my P&L for 2019 was already completed and organized um, because I stay on top of that. That's my engineering you know, brain. I even do my own calculations in Excel myself with money um, and projections all the time um, because I'm into those spreadsheets. But I, you know, I know that a lot of people aren't. That's the scary part of the business is budgets and balance sheets, right? And income statements. And they think, oh, it's math and I won't get it. And I don't want to get it. And you, you'll, you'll learn the hard way. <laughs> you will learn the hard way that this is important. And I understand that there's a lot of businesses out there that, that the PP money ran out. They weren't able to get it because they didn't have their finances in order. They need to get an accountant in first to help them, right, or get additional help so they can apply and get this money and it's taking longer to get it. And so having yeah. my finances prepared, you know, quite possibly saved my business because I did get, you know, I got the PP loan in April and I got the economic disaster loan like in May. Um, and I didn't have to still be applying now where I know there's still businesses struggling to get sure. money. So I'm, let me ask I'm you grateful this. for that. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. And let me ask mm-hmm. you, so 
getting finances organized when they're out of whack is a pretty big task. But yeah. but if you're if you're staying on top of it for you are, and I appreciate not every business is the same and their financial arrangements are going to vary. But what does that look like for you? Is that an hour a week? Is that you spend three hours at the end of the month? You know, what's what's the practical step that somebody needs to take to yeah. keep their finances in order once they've brought in some help or they've worked it out yeah. themselves? Well, the first thing is just being set up properly. And that's where I would bring in help. You don't need help managing your daily finances, but what you need help with is making sure you're set up properly. So it's very easy. It will only take you maybe 10, 15 minutes once a week you know, maybe, maybe an hour, right. To go through those. Um, if there's some charges I'm like uncertain about, right. But I wouldn't be that way if I didn't have, you know, some type of software system like QuickBooks, if I didn't have an accountant in the beginning, show me how to set this up. Um, you know, multiple accounts as a business person, you know, you have several accounts, money coming in from several accounts, cash. And even my stuff's not perfect either. Like my accountant's still looking at things like this doesn't balance right. Can you look into this? And I'm, and because I do all of the finances, it may take me a couple of hours. So I actually usually, I, I try to dedicate one day a week on it for like three hours. And if I have stuff to do, I do it. If I don't, you know, I, I work on something else, but I dedicated a ton of time up front. Um, yeah, that's and great. That's and what's important is the upfront work to do. So you're not spending so much time later or waiting till a crisis when you absolutely need it because you yeah. need a loan, right? Because maybe you need a small business loan because you're running out of money. Like this is when you're going to suffer big time if you don't do that upfront work. And, and I'm not going to ask you the specifics, but keep those hours that you spent presumably enabled you to get tens of thousands of dollars in loans and Absolutely. grants and the like. So it was Absolutely. time very well spent, especially right. since you were able to apply on the first day. Wow. Well, and There's- it also really helps you understand your business. I know every single penny that's coming in and out, right? And um, I tell people, like, if you're going to grow, if you want to grow your business, you have to understand that stuff. And I know it's the scary stuff, but usually the stuff we're most afraid of is the stuff we have to do. We, we must do for our business. So it's getting over that hump of that fear of looking at those numbers, right? And, and conquering them. We're business, we're entrepreneurs, right? We're brave, we're beasts. We're out there doing this every day. Don't let a couple numbers scare you. You can handle it. You can tackle it. You can get on top of it. But it's getting rid of that like fear first, and and then finding like I said, get a good a good a good accountant. My accountant doesn't do my bookkeeping because I'm kind of cheap. I'm like I can do this for a couple, you know, in QuickBooks. But as we grow, I'm probably going to get an accountant to do that stuff because I shouldn't be spending my time as a CEO doing things like that. Um, but that's what saved me. Absolutely, it's even without a crisis, right? It it, it helps me understand where I can cut costs when I'm having a bad month, right? Where I, where I can shuffle things around, right? It's definitely important to stay, stay on top of those things. Agreed. Thank you. So succinctly put. Patrice, you've shared that there's a salon connected to Girls Auto Clinic and the salon is really catering to the, to the women that come through. And inevitably we, we've been hearing from salons and hairdressers and, and barber shops about how devastating COVID-19 has been mm-hmm. for lockdown reasons. Talk mm-hmm. about the salon with your, with your auto shop and what's that, what that's been like. Yes. So the salon is not an essential business and they actually had to shut down before the shop did. 
Um, and we couldn't reopen until, you know, the state told us we're not in Philadelphia, we're in Upper Darby, so we're in the county, and they got to open before Philadelphia did with a lot of things. Um, so it, essentially, it was just shut down. I had to lay off um, the staff over there and um, think about when this does reopen, what's going to be our business model, because I knew it was going to have to change. We weren't going to be able to have customers wait in the lounge which we normally do to get customers in. It's a lot of walk-ins and things. So we were going to have to put, you know, an appointment scheduling app together on our website and sign up for that and look for ways that we could get customers in, right? This isn't my core business. It was a part of the repair center, but I, it, it's an important part. Like it's, um, you know, it's the cherry on top. Women love this idea. I want to keep it going. I don't want to shut it down entirely because of this pandemic. So it's not contributing money like we would like it to be. Um, but we're, we're, we're working to keep it open um, as much as we can. My nail technician isn't working full time anymore. She's down to part time and that's affected her. She's had to get another job. You know, like people are trying to make it work right now. Everyone's, you know, figuring this out. We don't really know how long this is going to last or if we're going to go back to the new to a normal or is it going to be a new normal and what does that mean about the salon and how we do things we're thinking about possibly using it for other um the space for other things like uh, events and ways that we can pull in some income from it uh besides just doing the nails because it it's slowly coming back right people don't come there for the nails they come there to get their car done um you know so we have to we've been marketing and advertising heavy on that side just to see if we can you know, keep it alive and, and, and like most businesses are, how do we pivot? What other services or products can we offer um, right now, especially online um, webinars and trainings? And so we're not focused so much on the salon. We're just trying to keep it alive, <laughs> right? Until yeah, we well, can I, figure out what to do. Yeah, I get that. I mean, yeah. you've done the hard work. They showed up at the auto clinic, right? They're, yeah. now, they're now a customer. They're on their property. They trust you with one of the more expensive possessions. Right. And- if they trust you with that, well, what else can we genuinely sell you? And I don't mean yes. that in a mean kind of way, but right. if you trust us, what services can we give you what, that what you'd like to get? You? Where's yeah, the value? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So we made $100 on the car and we made 15 on, on the nail salon. And I'm making up the numbers, but I get right. that it, it adds to the bottom line, even if it's not a significant portion. And right. They're already about, there. You've done the right. hard work. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, and nowadays, it's, I know it's a cliche word, but everything's now about your experience right? People want a good experience and they're willing to pay to have a great experience, right? And so that's what we want people to have. They're coming to us because they know they're going to be comfortable. They're going to feel safe, right? In this environment, um, right? And they'll go out of their way. We have customers that drive from two hours away to come to us to get an inspection or something because they know they're going to feel good about it. And that's the goal, right? Is them having a great experience. Yeah, I get that. Speaking of feeling safe and a great experience, mm -hmm. uh, you shared earlier in the show that uh, the auto clinic is an, an essential business, but that you shut down for a, a month because none of us have ever been through a pandemic and there's a lot of learning to be done. And um, you wanted to keep your team safe, your customers safe, and nobody knew anything about COVID-19, at least from a, the small business right. owners, COVID who, what, what right. how do you, how right. do you say that? Right. So talk us, what was that learning curve and process like? And for you, I guess for your business, but also for you as the CEO, the founder, yeah. you know, uh, your life's work. And then this happens. Talk about that. 
You know, what's crazy is it's you're it's it is hard being a business owner. Everyone knows that you're stressed. You you you're wearing multiple hats, right? Um, you're doing stuff that you have to do that you don't like. Um, you know, and I was I, in March. I was really had a lot going on, and this coronavirus stuff happened, and it actually kind of slowed down a ton of stuff, which I think may have been necessary. I'm I'm always the one that's kind of like looking on the brighter side of things, and I'm like even though we're struggling right now, it slowed down a lot of things for me. So I could focus on the most important areas of my business and we're trying to grow and get an investment. And I think that that was important. And so, um, you know, when it first came, it was almost like a relief when we shut down because I was like, I can breathe. (laughs) All of my public speaking stuff went away. Right. I didn't have to worry so much about some of the other things, um, the only thing I had to worry about is like how to keep my shop open. Everything else that I was doing in terms of marketing and branding and expanding my business disappeared. And I still had these other shop problems, even though I was working on this other stuff. Right. Uh, so I kind of breathed a little bit and was like, okay, but it's still like, it's hard work. I'm focusing now just on girls auto clinic to keep it alive. Right. But it's helping me do the things that I need to do for my business. And so I, I really looked at it as a positive. I'm still looking at it as a positive. <laughs> it's, it's getting hard now, right? Because we're months into this thing. We were, nobody knew it was how long it was going to be, you know. And so I, it's being more creative now about how to stay in business, you know. Um, and my main concern, like I said, was how do I protect my my staff. I don't want them getting sick. I don't want them to get their kids sick, right? Or our customer gets sick. Um, You know, you don't know if people are going to sue you. (laughs) What's going to happen? And, you know, there was also a shortage of PPE. I could, we couldn't find gloves, right? We couldn't find masks. Um, So we had to make sure that we could get access to that and hand sanitizer and all of those things first as well. So, you know, it's, um, it's a double-edged sword with this coronavirus thing. You know, it, it kind of helped me really focus on the things I need to focus on, but it just really did take a hit to for the repair center um, in terms of just like our, the safety and how much uh, the, the ladies can work. And even now, like we've had, every time someone gets sick and they're off, it's like take a coronavirus test. We got to wait for the results to come back so they can come back in. I literally had a technician off for one week waiting for a coronavirus test to come in. I'm like, oh, let's go, right? Um, and, and, and what if they do have coronavirus? And so now we're three weeks in a row where I've had one employee off because they've been sick and we have to get a coronavirus test, right? That is just uh, killing me right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and as an as a auto repair shop, it's all service driven, right? I mean, it's not like you manufacturing where you can just the machine runs and it's just the, the people run it. Yeah, you, you right. have to have somebody turn the right. gear and turn the wrench. And yep. and if they're not there, you can you drop yeah. your productivity. You can only do ten cars a day. I don't know how many cars exactly. you can do, but that well, because what ends up happening, we have to call customers, we have to reschedule. Now we're not making as much money that day, and it's just like this domino effect. Right. Yep. And then the next week it's another tech. And I'm like, oh my God, we're never going to yeah. get, we're never going to get it together. You know, um, it's stressful. I mean, it's very, very stressful. Uh, I can only imagine like what other essential businesses are, are going through. And it's why they're all, I mean, if you just drive and look around, everybody's hiring. It's, it's hard to find help right now. People are afraid to work, <laughs> you know, and to get sick and, and, and these essential businesses, you know, it's just, we're, I, 
when they say we're all in this together, <laughs> I, I do feel like that, especially locally, right? Um, yeah, sure, sure. As local businesses, we're f- all feeling this, you know, we can all, we can all sympathize and empathize with people. Like, this is it's hard. This is a hard time, <laughs> right? And it is hard. There's going to be it a lot hard. of businesses that don't open back up and, and that's sad, And right? And there's a possibility Girls Auto Clinic's in that too. I mean, this is how it, you know, how it's happening right now. And we're fighting to, to stay alive. Like I said, I'm, I'm getting as much money as I can. Um, so we can hopefully get out of this and be able to find some new staff to, to get it together. But, you know, we'll see. <laughs> this is, this is the fun part of entrepreneurship, right? Like survival. <laughs> it certainly um, is a survival. And yeah. just, just in the last few minutes that we have, you mm-hmm. mentioned that you've been pivoting the, the, the auto clinic and that you've taken the business in some new ways. In addition to keeping the, the servicing and the inspections and the repairs and the like going online training, other online offerings. Can you tell yeah. us just in a couple of minutes what yeah. that's been like, what are you doing and, and how is that happening? Yeah. So when, when everything first happened and we shut down and I told you, remember I had like a breath, I was like, Whew. but then of course the breath goes away. Cause everyone's like, you got to get online, Patrice. You got to start doing videos. Now this is what it's where it's at, where it's at. And I'm kind of, I'm trying to save <laughs> my brick and mortar shop. Um, I don't have a lot of time to do these things or think about this thing or even pivot or grow. This is a new business, right? This is a new product. I haven't really done this before. I've done online webinars and stuff, but nothing that I really wanted to make money out of. Eventually I did, but I, like I said, I'm working on a million things and it's just me. I have no partners, you know, I have no investors. It's all my money. And so it's, it's a lot. And um, so I, I'm struggling, I guess. I just lost my train of thought because I'm <laughs> reveling. What was the question one more time? Yeah, no, you were you were talking about getting your classes online and giving oh, yes, the services the online, online and yes. pulling that all together. Yes. So so I'm realizing now, right? Like, okay, this could be a possibility for us to bring in more money, right? And and who can I bring on there? There's a lot of people working from home right now that are doing marketing, that are doing video editing, right? Um, we don't need to have the perfect videos. We can shoot things with iPhones now, right? And so I just hired a digital marketing manager um, that she lost her job during COVID and was looking for a job. And so we're, we're looking into like, how can we get more videos online and possibly bring in this in as a revenue stream? It was something I had thought about, right? But that it wasn't at the top of my um, I list of what to work on because we weren't like shut down entirely where I had no work and I could focus all my energy on pivoting. I still had to focus on how do I keep my brick and mortar open? And now I have to like also bring on another new project. So I had to wait till I could hire someone to do those things. And we brought her in um, this summer. So she's helping me a lot with getting more online things. And that's going to be a way that we can just pull in, hopefully, right? And I'm seeing some really great success stories about putting webinars online. Um, you know, so I'm like, I'm getting excited and like, let's do that. Maybe this is a way we can, you know, help keep it alive. We had stopped doing workshops. My workshops were really popular that we did every month. We had women coming from around the country and now we're not doing them. So I'm like, yes, there's definitely opportunities for here and we should, you know, get on it. Um, but again, like I said, how much time can I dedicate to these things? 
without it distracting me from the repair center, which is my baby, right? That's the thing I need to, to keep alive. So it's that balancing act <laughs> as an entrepreneur. Um, and I'm, that's what I hopefully will be able to do a little bit more of as uh, we move forward. Hopefully we can get the shop where we need it to be. And you'll see a lot more of my face online. <laughs> Patrice, this is normally the point where I try to share some succinct recaps of what uh-huh. you've shared for our audience. But you have covered so much ground and I, shared uh, <laughs> so, so much valuable information. I, I talk a lot. <laughs> no, you, you did a great job. I don't. I, that was this is a compliment, not a not a way of saying you rambled. But it really, what it is is really my my suggestion to the listeners is just go back and listen to this episode again because Patrice really has shared a lot about organization and management and keeping the business alive and and trying to split attentions around brick and mortar or the primary uh, revenue machine for the business with auxiliary and, and ancillary revenue streams. It's so important for podcasts like this to have business owners on, to be sharing their real stories. Because if you went to my Instagram, you're going to see me on Good Morning America. You're going to see me talking about my book. You're going to see us happy on there working on cars. Like everything's great, right? And behind the scenes, like this is a struggle and right, it's hard and it's not all smiles and things that you see. It's important to know that we're, you know, you're not the only one going through this. Um, And I was having such a hard week last week and this morning I woke up um, and I was reading the news and hearing just about some like other businesses that are struggling. I have to remind myself, like Patrice, you're not a failure. We're in the middle of a pandemic. There's other businesses out here struggling. Be, be patient with yourself. Be kind to yourself. You know, this is really important. So I, I totally wanted to do something like this because I think sharing these and being vulnerable and sharing these things about my business, which can be hard. Some people don't want to talk about their failures and they're losing money, right? It's important to hear these types of stories. So thank you for having me on. Thank you so much for, for sharing and for your candidness and your vulnerability. That means a lot both to me. I know it means a lot to Joe and certainly it's going to mean a lot to our, our audience. That's before fine. I say goodbye to you, tell mm-hmm. folks where they can find you online okay. and learn more about you. Yeah, so girlsautoclinic.com. I mean, you get everything from the website, from booking an appointment um, to buying the book and any Chicanic swag to emailing me about any questions that you may have or other press that you want to do or workshops. Everything's on there. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Girls Auto Clinic across the board. Uh, we're here to help you, ladies and men. We also have male customers, too. <laughs> we like men and their money. <laughs> So come, come see us. We're in Upper Darby, um, right outside of Philadelphia on Westchester Pike. And we'll be sure to include links to, to your websites and the other aspects of the show that you mentioned in the show on startlocal.co. And as a reminder, folks, don't forget that you can sign up for the free newsletter at start, startlocal.co forward slash news. So until the next time, stay safe out there. <laughs>